You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right, well, here we go. Okay, well, Father, we thank you for another opportunity to hear from you. Thank you that this is a message that is on your heart for all of our listeners today, Father. Thank you that this is absolutely a word in due season for them. Thank you that you have called us to do greater works. You have called us to do the good works that you preordained before the foundation of the world. You have called us to be a blessing. You called us to love and serve others in the power of the Holy Spirit and transform the earth so that heaven is manifested in our lives and in the lives of, of people around us. And so as we hop into today's talk, into today's topic, Father, we just thank you that the Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit, we just welcome your presence. We welcome your wisdom and we just give you the floor. We make room for you to speak. So as I'm talking today, Holy Spirit, feel free to take the reins, uh, use my mind, speak through my mouth and take us where we need to go. Illuminate the truth that sets us free. Give us the revelation that causes us to rise to our inheritance in Christ and sit in heavenly places with you, Jesus. We just now yield and we just uh, have a listening heart, Father. We have eyes that uh, of our understanding that are enlightened and we are ready to receive from you. So we bless our time together and we thank you for doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think, all that we can ask according to the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. We just are so grateful to be in your kingdom. So, so grateful to abide in Jesus, to live and move and have our being inside of you, God. It's the best news we've ever heard uh, that we are now one with you. And so we come into today's time together, grateful and remembering the truth that the gospel has set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, you guys, here we are. It is another uh, episode here, and we are going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, We are actually going to be talking about a a topic that I actually taught in a recent um, graduate event that we had. Um, We actually have, most people don't realize it because you don't even find out about it until you've gone through Emerge, but we have a graduate program uh, here called Rethink You. And we do these quarterly summits. Uh, and we just get together and gather and just watch God move powerfully in our lives. And I had a theme for our most recent summit, we call them summits, that was called the World Changers Job Description. And the Holy Spirit moved so powerfully in our time together, setting people free and really shifting the way that we look at our lives that I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to bring this topic to the greater audience. And so this morning, I am going to be uh, doing a a kind of a mini version of some of the content that we shared at that event. And the name of the podcast, the name of this episode is called The World Changers Job Description. And the first thing that I want you to recognize is I I want you to recognize that you are a world changer. Why? Because Jesus lives in you and Jesus is a radical world changer. 
you know, when you read the Gospels and you see how people's lives were transformed when they experienced Jesus, and then you recognize that this is the guy that's alive inside of you right now and that you are now his hands and his feet and his voice. And you, you know, I, I joke and I say, you know, it's Jesus in a chalice suit that's showing up at Whole Foods, right? It's it's Mercy in a Jesus suit. It's Susan. It's it's Diane. It's Greg. It's, you know, Paul. It's it's us showing up in our human skin, but we are we are truly one with Jesus. And we are here for a reason. We are here to expand the kingdom and we all have a strategic part to play. And if we could just wake up really to the reality of Christ in us, how would the world look different? How would the church be making an impact in the world if we really recognized and really believed that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us? So this is really about you owning your assignment to change the world, to make a difference, to love and serve the world. And you also recognizing that that job description of a world changer may not look like the way you think it looks, okay? Because if you, you know, a lot of people, I think, expect their life to be problem-free if they are followers of Jesus. I think somehow we think that heaven on earth looks like no problems. But here's what I want to tell you is that you are anointed for problems. In fact, the miracle working power of God is um, is is necessary only when you have something to overcome going on, okay? And so the first thing that I want to just throw out there for you is that your life in the kingdom is not problem-free. And what really your life is, is your life is... Um, having a relationship with problems that is completely different than the world's relationship with problems. You know, David didn't react to the giant. He didn't react to the Philistines, the, you know, the common way that everybody else was reacting. You know, the Israelites were terrified. No one would go out to fight Goliath. But somehow this little 17-year-old kid, David, saw the situation different and instead of cowering back in fear, he actually came up to that intimidating giant. He was spewing intimidation towards the Israelites and told him what's up, right? He said, no, this day I will feed your head to the birds. I'm not coming in my name. I'm coming in the name of the Lord Most High. And he ran towards the giant. He wasn't afraid. He ran towards the giant. And what I mean by that is, Really, we, and many times we're avoiding problems. We're afraid of problems rather than confronting them with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the, the name of Jesus and overcoming them. And really, as citizens of heaven, we have the DNA of God inside of us. We have the, the, the spirit of God living inside of us. And we were designed as to be overcomers. We were designed to be more than conquerors. And so we have an overcoming nature. The very divine nature that we are partakers of is a nature that is an overcoming nature. It is a victorious nature. It is not a fear-based 
nature. It's not a shrink back and cower nature. No, it's a confrontational nature that overcomes whatever problem, whatever giant, whatever issue there may we may be faced with. And so the first thing that, you know, I really want to reiterate here is that as a world changer who lives in union with Jesus, you are anointed to solve problems. You are anointed to overcome challenges. You are anointed for victory, which means that there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be a problem in your, in your path. In fact, as a world changer, as you, as you gain more influence and you gain more ability to reach more and more people or make a larger impact, it just means that you're going to be dealing with more and more problems. And so instead of the goal being a problem-free life, our goal should be an overcoming life. And we need to recognize that our job description is that as a world changer, that's what we do. We overcome problems. We overcome problems. We overcome challenges over and over again. We eat problems for breakfast. We eat problems for lunch. That's right. We do not gain our identity from our external circumstances. We don't uh, judge the nature of God or try to figure out what all of this means whenever we're going through a problem or a challenge. No, we know who we are. We know who God is. And we recognize that we are showing up in the midst of this problem as the solution to the problem. You know, I ask people a lot of times, based on what we know about Jesus in scriptures, how would Jesus react to the situation? What is the miracle that would be released in whatever challenge or whatever problem you find yourself or someone that you are uh, in relationship with, what would Jesus do? I know there were these bracelets they had like in the 90s. I think it was the 90s. You know, what would Jesus do? And, you know, I always kind of, I don't know, jokingly think about those, those bracelets because, frankly, I always think about most of us wore those bracelets from a place of you know, the illusion of separation from Jesus. So like we were over here and Jesus was up in heaven and we're trying to think, oh, what would Jesus do? And we're trying to do something independent from Jesus. But truthfully, in this context, when I say, what would Jesus do? It's the mindset of Jesus that we need to renew our minds to so that the Jesus in us can be released onto the scene. Okay, so the first thing I wanna share with you is that we really have to change the way we think about problems, the way we think also about failure. You know, I think um, I think a lot of people struggle with the fear of failure. Uh, you know, obviously I coach and I mentor people every single day into their purpose. And, you know, your purpose, the reason that you're here on the planet is always going to be something that is bigger than you. It's always going to be something that requires the supernatural power of God. It's always going to be something that you can't do independently from God. And so guess what? Um, failure, and when I say failure, I mean, it's really not even failure. What a lot of times people call failure is just honestly a part of the growth process. It's a part of mastering 
uh, something with God's perspective and God's mindset about it. And mind renewal is a progressive thing. You know, doing anything really is a progressive process. I mean, none of us, most of us, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, exceptions to this, but most of us didn't get on a bicycle the very first time that we rode it and just zip on down the road. You know, most of us had to work at it a little bit. You know, I can tell you that's the very same process that I went through when I was learning to lay hands on the sick and I was learning to release the healing power of God through my union with Jesus into sick and hurting people. The the same with deliverance, the same with anything. I mean, it's the principle is the same, whether we're learning something natural or we're learning to operate in the supernatural. I mean, Jesus was with his disciples for three years, teaching them how to live as sons of God and do the exact same works as him. He was literally training them how to do miracles. He was showing them how to speak to storms and how to speak to fevers. And he sent them out, basically telling them to do the same things that they've been, they had been learning to do. And so, you know, the supernatural is not just the anointing of God that rests on our life. It is also a process of learning, renewing our minds and growing in the knowledge of God as we step out and do something that is uncomfortable, something that we've never done before. And so failure is a part of the learning process. And here's what we do a lot of times, you know, when we're talking about the supernatural, we're talking about partner with God because we, by default, operate with a separated mindset. Again, you know, I I talk about that a lot, meaning that, you know, God and Jesus are up in heaven and we're here down on the earth, independent of God, praying for God to do a miracle down here on earth rather than speaking a miracle into existence as we abide in union with Jesus and our words no longer are our own, but we are speaking spirit, speaking out of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And that force of faith that's coming from us is actually just a gift of faith that the Holy Spirit has given us. And we're getting the job done just because we're the vessel. You know, but a lot of times what happens is we we start from that place where, you know, we're, we're working to overcome a challenge and we're asking God for his power in the midst of a challenge, but we're doing it out of the wrong identity. And so a lot of times we fail, right? And I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone who's starting here because frankly, the father is pleased by faith. And the fact that you're stepping out, the fact that you're making an effort is pleasing to the father. But, you know, as you grow in your understanding of your identity and your union with Jesus, as you understand more about the the gospel and and what Jesus has accomplished, and you come into the battle in a a situation with that understanding, guess what? You get more and more and more results, and you get them with less effort, less effort, less effort, less effort. And, but, you know, if you stop after the first time of, of attempting something. I mean, whether that is uh, speaking to your finances or, or, or praying for a miracle for someone else who's in a tough situation or uh, praying for someone to be healed or whatever it might be. If you stop after that first attempt and develop a theology around that, really you're doing the same thing that the disciples did <laughs> in their training process. 
You know, when when Jesus uh, was asleep in the boat, when he told the guys, we're, you know, go on over to the other side. And Jesus was asleep in the boat and a storm rose up. If you'll recall, right, the disciples actually were blaming Jesus for not caring that they were perishing. And so the disciples had a wrong idea of that whole situation. They had a wrong perception. They had a wrong mindset. And Jesus, when he stood up and spoke to the storm, he literally used it as a teaching moment for his disciples and says, where's your faith? Where's your faith? In other words, why aren't you speaking to the storm? Why didn't you take care of that? Didn't you see I was napping? Here you are blaming me for not caring when you have the authority that I have to deal with it. And so I'm sharing that because this training process can't be, should not be stopped just because there's a failure along the way or just because there's a seeming uh, you know, non-manifestation along the way. No, we press in and every single thing that we're doing, every challenge that we overcome, every challenge that we face is an opportunity to manifest the glory of God. And it's a learning opportunity. We are growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and the Father and the Holy Spirit. We are, we, we are working with the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit is there as our teacher in every situation. And that's not the time when you fail or it doesn't happen to adjust your theology and all of a sudden think, well, I guess the gospel isn't true. I guess Jesus didn't heal everyone on the cross. I guess Jesus didn't really overcome the curse on the cross. He didn't become the cross. There's some exception to the rule here. You know, he did. It must have been his will that this person didn't get healed or the breakthrough didn't come. No, 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 no. This is an opportunity. This is a test, in fact, of your theology and what you believe. You know, I tell people sometimes that storms don't come to kill us. They come to reveal us. And that is a completely different mindset than the disciples had while they were in the boat, right? I mean, the Israelites, when they were in, in, in the wilderness, I mean, they're accusing God of bringing them out into the wilderness to kill them. Why? Because they did not have a, a real understanding of the character and the nature of God. And in our case, they don't have a real understanding of the victory of Jesus and what Jesus actually accomplished, accomplished on the cross. Because if something doesn't work, it, we're too easy. We're too, we're, we're too quick. We're too quick to all of a sudden change our theology because all of a sudden something's not manifested. And I will tell you, if you are going to live the, an overcomer's lifestyle, if you are going to really do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works, you have to recognize that there is a learning curve, that our minds are not thinking like the mind of Christ and that, that, that storms and problems are always opportunities. In fact, the Christ in us that is the hope of glory is only revealed in the midst of those circumstances and those situations. So the hope of glory shows up when there's a problem and when there's a storm. And we just have to reframe not only the way that we process with the Lord Whatever, fail, whatever failures we might be walking through and look at those as learning and growth opportunities. And we have to reframe even the way that we think about problems and challenges, challenges and storms themselves. Um, 
not only do we not avoid them, but we run to them, but we recognize this is the learning process. This is how sons of God are made manifest. We go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And that just means that the hope of glory manifests over and over to greater degrees as we come into practicing what it means to live in in the glory and in the kingdom and in Christ. And so the world changer's job description is overcoming problems, overcoming challenges. Now, I've been talking most of all so far in the realm of, you know, operating the supernatural. But now I want to break it down a little bit further. And I just want to talk about the way this looks as you are stepping into your purpose and you are overcoming whatever challenges may you may encounter along the way. Okay. Whether that is launching a ministry, where that is writing a book, where that is having an influence in, in government or in politics or a leadership position in a, in a corporation or, you know, whatever that might be. I mean, I have students that are called to Hollywood, you know, I mean, whether you're having influence and in whatever, you know, sphere of influence you are called to carry, education, healthcare, whatever that looks like. Well, God wants to use you in a big way. Why? Because God is a big thinker. There's no limitations in his mind. There's all things are possible for him. And he has perfect faith, perfect belief. He doesn't have any lies that he believes. And so there are no limitations to what he can accomplish, which means there are no limitations to what he can accomplish through you, except what you are capable of believing. And so challenges and opportunities are going to come as we step into our purpose and we begin to step into the roles and to the, the positions of influence that God has called us to occupy. Okay. These problems look like financial problems. These problems look like, I mean, all kinds of situations, all kinds of trials, all kinds of opportunities really to believe something other than you are who God's called you to be and that he is with you as you step into the fullness of what that looks like. And when we are in those challenges and in, in those uh, dealing with those kinds of problems, we need to realize that just like operating in the supernatural, this is a part of the growth process. In fact, challenges, problems are how we grow. Resistance is how we grow and develop. You know, you don't think, you know, when you go to the gym that you're going to develop muscles unless you actually have some resistance. And at some point, if you don't increase the resistance, then you're going to stop your growth process because you get stronger and stronger and stronger. <clears throat> and in the kingdom, what that looks like is that you are able to carry more and more and more weight of God's glory. Okay. And so problems, overcoming these problems, overcoming lies, overcoming the resistance that you have, much of it is internal. Much of it is your own unbelief. But as you overcome those things and move towards the goals that God has for you, you will develop spiritual muscle. You will develop the ability to carry more 
in the kingdom and see more of God's glory manifest through your life. You will have more influence. You will have uh, more impact because you have a different relationship and ability to solve problems. Things that you would have would have taken you out in the past, all of a sudden are just no big deal. They don't even phase you. You know, you are able to carry responsibilities. You are able to carry things that other people won't, aren't able to carry. And, and you know, I'm going to use a practical example. You know, people want to be, you know, people will talk about, well, I'm called to wealth. I'm called to, you know, I'm called to, to give to the kingdom in a really, really big way, you know. And I'm called to be a millionaire. I'm called to be a multimillionaire. I'm called to do these things because I want to build the kingdom. But here's the thing. You know, the growth process, it, it, we'll just talk about it in developing a wealth mindset. I mean, this isn't a health mindset. This isn't every mindset. But the growth process that you you go through from zero to $100,000, okay, is significant. Someone who is leading something that is a six-figure responsibility, say, the way that they think is very different from, you know, someone who is on welfare. Okay. And I'm just going to be honest. That's a very different mindset. Uh, and the same is true from someone who is carrying the responsibility of a hundred thousand dollar organization or some type of position and a half a million. Okay. And half a million to a million and a million to five million. There's those different levels of development in our mindset, in our leadership, in the way that we think that happens at each one of those increments of of manifesting more wealth. And the thing is, is that there is no way to skip the process. It's not about the money. It's about our mindset. Okay. And you can't go from 50,000 to 5 million without the growth process and the challenges and the the mindset changes and the transformation that occurs as you grow. And I share that to say that um, this transformational process of going through problems and challenges and walking through God from, through, from victory to victory to victory to victory and, and developing our faith, developing our trust in God, developing the mindset of a world changer, the mindset of an overcomer is, is the point, you guys. The process and the growth are also not meant to be, what do I want to say? Not something that we despise, something that we, we, you know, it's kind of like going to the gym. You're not going to get to the, you know, bodybuilding championship without putting in the time in the gym. And to think, I mean, yeah, are there shortcuts? Can you take steroids? Can you do some things? But the truth is that there aren't really ways to shortcut wisdom. <laughs> there aren't, there aren't ways to bypass uh, learning to think like God. And if we will, and I tell this to a lot of people because, you know, sometimes people think, Oh, I'm so far behind. I, I wish I was further along. And oh, I, I it's too late. They have all of these mindsets and these thoughts around this process rather than embracing the process and recognizing that this is perfect. If you could be further along, you would be further along. And there's no condemnation for where you are. Your, your thinking is where your thinking is. You start where you start. But the same God 
that promoted Joseph, that promoted David, that transformed uh, the Apostle Paul from, you know, someone who was uh, standing by watching murders get killed to someone who was carrying the gospel message and the revelation to the world. He is an expert. God is an expert at making Gideons into warriors. He's an expert at making orphans into queens. Think of Esther. He's an expert at transformation. And he knows how to lead and guide you through every challenge and every storm and every problem, i.e. opportunity that you face. And here's the key. When you, when you learn this process, you will start to recognize that I said it earlier, I said storms are not here to kill you. They are here to reveal you. And if you will, you will learn to shift your perspective on whatever challenge you you are going through. Okay. Whether that be a health challenge, whether that be a financial challenge, whether that be a relational challenge, whether that be a strategy challenge. I mean, whatever it is, you will come to the place, or at least this is where I've come because I've come out of a warfare lifestyle. I'm not living in war. I'm living in victory. And I have the victory. The greater one lives inside of me as he is. So am I in this world. And so whatever's going on in my life is showing up for me. This is, this is for the glory of God. This situation, this circumstance is for the glory of God. And this doesn't just apply to us on a personal level, it applies to us in an organizational level, in a community level, in a city level, and a nation level, and a worldwide level. If there is a problem facing the world, if there is a sit, and obviously we're sitting in the middle of the corona pandemic, right? So what, how is God, how is God showing up in this situation? How is the glory of God available in this situation? in my life, in the lives of my loved ones, in the lives of those that I have impact with, in the life of my community, in the lives of my my nation. What is what is God's desire? What does his victory look like in this situation? And here's the thing. It's it's not going to be found in in human opinion. Okay, it's not going to be found uh in the media. Okay? This is going to be found in the in the in the presence of God. This is going to be found in intimacy with God where you are hearing from God, you are getting his strategy and you are taking steps of faith as he reveals them to you. And again, this is an every challenge and every opportunity because opportunities or challenges or problems always test our identity. They always test our mindset. And here's the thing. Is God the author of them? No, he's not. He wasn't the author of the storm. However, he's like he is the user of the storm, right? Because what the what the enemy means for harm, God just uses it for good. And if all things work together for good for those that call God, there is nothing that the enemy, there's nothing that can happen to us that there is not a glorious outcome and good that comes from it. And I'm talking about the worst situations. I'm talking about the most traumatic things. How do I know? Because that's how, that's the story of my life. That you're looking at someone who has overcome incredible trauma. I mean, incredible odds, incredible things. I mean, a sexual abuse survivor adopted three dads by the time I was three, you know, out of my mind, mental illness diagnosis, um, you know, using drugs in, in, I mean, just crazy things that I have overcome. But, all of those things 
are being used for the glory of God today. And they are setting people free every single day. The revelation that I carry in the areas of deliverance and the areas of healing and inner healing and mind renewal and identity and union with God and all these things that I'm doing come from my journey. They come from the victories that I have walked through with God over and over and over again. They are the manifestation of the glory of God in my life because I didn't quit. I didn't quit and God didn't quit on me. And I am not confused in this hour of who God is, of who I am, and what is possible. And so no matter what comes my way, no matter what comes my way, I am unshakable because, because God has taken all of my life and caused me to be rooted and grounded in his love. He's caused me to be like the, the tree that is planted by the streams of the living water. In other words, I have a source. I have a source that's not of this world. And, and God has taken me through the process of getting off every other source but him. And I'll tell you, it is not, it has been a long process in some ways. I mean, geez, just the process God's taking me to through to get free of the opinions of men, to understand human judgment, to understand that what people think is not a reflection of me necessarily. It's a reflection of their life experiences. Just that one revelation would not have come if I had not needed to be set free from the opinions of men and then not walked through all of the circumstances that God has taken me through to be set free. And you know, being set free from the opinion opinions of men basically means that people are going to have negative opinions about you <laughs> because you can't be set free of the opinions of men while everybody's thinking you're awesome. So that's an example of, of how God takes negative things and he uses them for his glory. He uses them in our purpose. And, and at the end of the day, I can sit here today and say that everything that I've gone through in my life, although it has been painful when it happened, it was traumatic when it happened, I can literally say that everything that I went through has developed the spiritual muscles that I operate in today, that it was, it is the perfect life story for my purpose. And again, not easy, not, not, you know, very, very painful lots of suffering, honestly, because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who God was. I didn't know the gospel. I mean, really, as I renewed my mind through all of those things, today I'm in a position where all of those things have turned for my good. You know, I, I was coaching on, on our Monday call with our emergers talking about those of us that have suffered the most under the most amount of shame. God says that we get double for our former shame. The scriptures say that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And that's not just our own sin. If we are victims of people's sin and sin has, has, has damaged us in our lives, well, guess what? There is grace. There is an abundance of grace for that overcoming, to overcome those things and to turn those things into good. If you have been attacked in your health, if you've been attacked in your finances and and there has been a manifestation of the fall in these things. Well, there is an abundance of grace to overcome those things and use them for good. And all of our adversity, all of the things that we walk through in life are, are really the weapons that we carry in our hands as we step into Christ and we really wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness. We bring vengeance against the enemy because not only of our own story, 
but because now we have a revelation and we are now dangerous in that area in the kingdom of darkness. We are the light because we see the truth, we know the truth, and it has set us free. And now we are empowered to go and set others free. And so I'm saying a whole lot today in our broadcast, but you know, if I, if I take a breath <laughs> and slow it down here for a second, I think one of the major points that I really want to get across today is that problems are not problems. I'm going to say it one more time. Problems are not problems. The problem is always the way we think about the problem. You know, I am amazed at the way believers talk. Um, I'm in conversation with believers all the time, really, frankly, all over from all over. And the amount of complaining that I hear from the body of Christ is concerning. Okay. It is almost like, let me tell you what I feel like it's like sometimes. And you guys, you love me. So I can say these things because you know, it's for your good. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I'm around a bunch of old people um, that are complaining about their aches and pains in their body. Have you guys ever been around, you know, older people um, who, you know, are retired? Maybe they don't have anything better to do. I'm not sure exactly what that is. But you know how they're just always telling you about their last, their gallbladder and their this and this and this. And they're just like kind of reporting what is wrong and their aches and their pains. Well, that's the same way, honestly, that I hear a lot of believers talking. And honestly, guys, there is such a, a such a problem with this. Okay. Because there's many problems, but number one, it is, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, <laughs> Jesus said. And that just tells me that when we are speaking out all of the problems and we are telling everybody how bad everything is, okay, this is going on with my kid. It's one thing to ask for prayer, okay, but it's another thing just to complain. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that have thought I was nuts for moving back here to Chicago. I mean, it's like, I'm just like there, you know, I say, Hey, yeah, God called us back to Chicago. And it's like, they just spew out like, well, why would you want to move back here? Blah, 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 blah. And truthfully, that's probably exactly why I moved back here. <laughs> I probably moved back here because there are all of this stuff going on, you know, and, but I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed. And so I'm sharing that today because I don't, I mean, I've been up in the mountains for a while, so maybe I wasn't just hearing as many people. <laughs> talk the way they're talking. But I want to tell you, I, I'm clear I'm anointed for problems. I clear that you are anointed for problems. And we are here on the planet. We are here on the planet to solve the problems. I'll tell you, if the body of Christ would step into the fullness of what Jesus has accomplished and who we are in him and quit playing church and quit going conference hopping and quit trying to get the next breakthrough and blah, 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 and finally get their minds renewed, you know what? We wouldn't have poverty in the world. We wouldn't have homelessness in the world. We wouldn't have, um, you know, people that are going hungry. We wouldn't have people that are struggling under sickness and disease. Guys, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You know, we look up to people like John G. Lake that made Spokane the healthiest city in the world when he opened his healing rooms. But truthfully, you know, we look at John G. Lake like he's some like, you know, superstar Christian. 
We have like these superstar Christians that do these superstar things. And most of them are in ministry, right? So we look up to these people that are, you know, doing superstar things in ministry rather than recognizing that the only reason ministries even exist is to equip the body of Christ so that they can be superstars, so that they can actually do the same works as Jesus and even greater works. And you have the same Jesus as in John G. Lake. You have the same Holy Spirit that was working in the healing ministry of Catherine Coleman. You have the exact same, um, you know, Jesus that was in Smith, Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm really not kidding. You guys have the exact same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, that brought him out of the grave. And I'm going to be starting um, a new series. I think it starts next week. I'm not sure exactly, but it's going to be called Living the Resurrected Life. And really the, the goal of that series is to get you into the same place the Apostle Paul was in, in Philippians 3. He said his determined purpose was to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And so what I'm saying in all of that is, is that if we would spend as much time and shift our focus from whatever problems are going on in the world and whatever issues we are facing in our in our lives, and we would make knowing the gospel, knowing Jesus, intimacy with God, living as a son, getting into the place where we're hearing God on demand, where we are established in our true identity, where we know who we are, we recognize what Jesus has done. There is nothing that can stop us. We are completely unstoppable. Yeah, in fact, you know, Smith Wigglesworth didn't read the newspaper. He literally, and it wasn't because he was all religious. It was just because he was so focused on the truth, so focused on what Jesus Christ has accomplished. Who is this Jesus? What has he done? What has he made me into? What is possible for Jesus? What what can he do through me? You know, I, I've come to the place in my life where, you know, I kind of freak people out sometimes when I'm ministering because Shalise just leaves the building just leaves the building. I, I, I'm no longer speaking. I, I can truly say in those times that it is not I, it is Christ in me. And that's not some like, you know, accomplishment, like, oh, look at me. You know, no, that's just normal. This is the normal way that we're supposed to live. And all that's happened to me is that I just learned how to get out of the way. I learned not to care of what people think. I learned that, you know what, the power of God looks weird sometimes. I, I've learned, you know, I mean, this last week, I don't know, I was just, <laughs> but I was just like, almost like a, a sound coming out of my mouth and, and, and things are happening. Things are breaking. And, but you have to be free. You have to be free to be used by God. And I'm sharing these things because guys, it's time. It is time for us to stop complaining um, and get realigned with our job description, with our assignment, and to own our identity as a world changer, that we are the answer to the problems. And you think, well, what can I do? What can, what am I supposed to do? What do you do? You do exactly what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And if he tells you to go stand in the middle of your city and go down the city hall and, and declare some things or go stand on the street court, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, when you read the Bible, those kinds of things is what people were doing. I mean, the Apostle Paul's going to the center of Athens and just, whoa, you know, just preaching. I don't know what he's going to ask you to do. You're like, oh, well, that's not, you know, Shanice, I'm not really, I'm not really that kind of person. Well, the truth is, yes, you are that kind of person because the kind of person that you are is the Jesus kind of person. And Jesus is radical. Jesus is a radical revolutionary. 
and he is not afraid. He's not afraid of any man. He's not afraid of any system. He is unmanipulatable. He is not moved by the opinions of people. And he gets the job done. And he lives in you. He lives in you. And so I want to, I don't know, I want to fire you up today to remember who you are. I want to fire you up today to get off the, get off the, the news and get into the word, <laughs> get into the gospel. I don't just mean any word. I mean the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the overcoming power of Jesus that burst through the grave and defeated the enemy who stripped him, who made, gave, took all authority and all power back into himself, who sat down at the right hand of God, far above powers and principalities and rulers of darkness, because I will tell you, if you'll get the gospel established in you, you can preach it to mountains. You can preach it to cancer. You can preach it to lack. And I'll tell you what, you'll watch it bow. You'll watch it bow. You'll come out of a, a place of passivity, a passivity where, oh, I hope God deals with this situation. I hope, I hope I can get a job. I, I hope I can find this, you know, provision. I hope I have a place to live that I need, whatever it looks like. And you'll start to recognize that Jesus is the lawful owner of all things. And you'll stop tolerating things. And you'll get the mind of Christ about the situation and you'll begin to speak. You'll begin, you know, there are so many miracles in our mouths, guys. There are so many miracles in our prayers when we are praying prophetically, understanding what even that is, understanding, oh, God is speaking right now and he's asking me to speak these things, you know, um, praying in the spirit and, and recognizing that we all can interpret our prayers. I mean, there is a place in the spirit that you live that can transform any situation. Where is it? It's in heaven. It's in Christ. It's next to the right hand of the Father. And you are reigning and ruling with him, not using your own mind, not using your own human intellect, but him using your body, him using your mouth, and him getting the job done because you are his body. You are his material representation in the material realm. So beloved, Time's up today, but I hope that you are encouraged and I hope you're fired up. I'm seeing some fired up here um, coming as you listen to this and re-listen to this. It's time to get out of victimhood and into victoryhood. It is time to get on the offense and off of the defense. It is time to take uh, what belongs to Jesus into his possession. That whether those are souls, whether those are resources, whether that is just an inheritance that looks like God is in it, uh, it's time. It's time. It's time to advance. It's time to overtake. And it's time to recover all. People are hurting. People are suffering. And they need, they need the Jesus that is in you. And I will tell you, there is no bigger blessed life, no bigger blessing in life than to love and serve those that you were called to love and serve and to manifest Jesus in your sphere of influence, where you are called to have influence and to be used by God to break the norm, to do the impossible, to overcome the odds. I mean, there is, there is so much glory. There's so much glory to be revealed through your life. And now is the time. Now is the time for us to step into it. So as always, you guys, if you're ready, you're ready to go. You're, you're, you're still listening here and I haven't scared you off. Then, then you're probably a good fit for Emerge if you're not 
living in your purpose every day or manifesting your full potential in your purpose every day. So schedule a breakthrough call, get on with me or one of my team members. We will take that fire that God has lit in you right now and we will use it as the fuel to catapult you into being a world changer, not just by your job description, but being a world changer by how you're showing up in the world every single day and the fruit that is being produced through your life as you abide in Christ. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day and we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.